my favorite t- time in a movie theater was uh, this is on a tangent, but uh, Jurassic World, and all of a sudden the Dominus Rex is backing up to the water. I'm like, he's about to get deep blue seed. He's about to get deep blue seed, <laughs> and then he does, and I'm like, yes. Yeah, it's weird how many movies have taken from deep blue sea of all things. And rather an influential film for it's, all things. It's, it's becoming one, and that's hilarious. That, that's amazing. This is the timeline we deserve to live in. Welcome to Idiot Block, a comedic podcast critiquing, discussing, and analyzing the media industry through reviews, debates, and historical deep dives. Hello, everyone. Welcome to an Idiots Together Strong episode of Idiot Plot. I'm David Giannis. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Obadal. You stole my quote. And Justin Neitzel. Caesar is home. Yep. Today, we're talking about Planet of the Apes. Matt Reeves, the Batman, is coming out in, like, what, like a month? A little over a month? A little bit over. So we're going to go back and look at some of his earlier works, the films that arguably made him, like, a a superstar, and that's his apes movies we're gonna talk about all the apes prequels and probably some of the original ones too um because it, it's a big franchise but let's start off with the first movie and kind of the, the, the new ones unless you want to guys want to talk about the og one first i think at some point we'll just have to sneak the og one in there so we can fight about charlton heston well yeah eventually of course obviously um because you're wrong well i i kind of want to start with rise of planet of the apes because that was like the first apes movie i saw just in general yeah. <laughs> and one that that to me was unexpected because I remember, I literally remember in the lead up to that movie the trailer was so bad that it I was, was laughing at this movie every time I saw the trailer and I'm like this movie's gonna be terrible I know I the, especially when I'm you like, see James Franco in there and some of the lines they put in there I'm like man this just does not look right this they made it look like the whole movie was like apes break out and apes gonna smash things like this looks <laughs> terrible and then suddenly the reviews are out and they're like this person tale of where I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then I watched it and absolutely loved it. It might, you know, my spicy take that you guys always disagree with, but I still stand by. I think it might be my favorite of the the three. I mean, it's certainly better than War, but give me Dawn I, every day. I, give, I, I might give it to Dawn by a little bit, but I, I just love the, especially the script for the the first one, because it's, yeah, it's this very personal, more isolated story that has a, a lot of thematic depth to it, and that's what the original had, and that's what I think all three of these have. It, it's such a bizarre case, because, like, I agree with you, Alex, those trailers were atrocious. Like, there was no hype, and I, I think it didn't even, like, come out with that much hype it was like word of mouth everyone was, was, was like oh my god it's great that's yeah. pretty much how it was how i got to go to it because like all of a sudden uh it was what my junior or senior year of high school all of a sudden people are like talking about this apes movie i'm like that one that looked god awful you're like no no it's really good i'm like all right it went in and i was like are they right <laughs> I, I got it for christmas for, for my dad because he i think secretly wanted to see it so he got it for me so he could watch it and both both of us were like, what the hell? How is that good? How is that so good? Part of it is, is the script is really good. The mm-hmm. script is shockingly good. It The visual effects have not aged well at all. Oh, no, no, no. no yeah, they have not. But, but the script is still fantastic. I, I guess the human characters are kind of are kind of garbage. Yeah, the one dude from Harry Potter and then Franco's girlfriend. 
Yeah, they're pretty. Frank, Frank, Frank Gill is pre- pretty good. He's all right. I think, and I, John Lith, I mean, John Lithgow's character is not in it very long, but like he's kind of the the core of it, other than Caesar to me, anyway. He's and basically kind of like the heart of the movie, right? And that that part works really well. But of course, yeah, Caesar is what makes it work. I feel like the biggest issue with that movie is that first off, the cinematography is super flat and it looks like like the whole look of the movie isn't great. But I think that's like the director they got, Rupert something. Rupert Wyatt. Rupert Wyatt probably was the wrong choice. Yeah, I think I think if for me for sure, I think if all three had been directed by Matt Reeves, this would have been my favorite one. For like, I I agree for sure. Probably yeah, because it probably does have the 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 strongest script of the three. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think it's the most entertaining of the three, but the but but the script is shockingly like personal and character character driven. The main character of the whole trilogy, Caesar, is such a good protagonist. Yeah. And Andy Circus. The fact that Andy Circus didn't get any award cred for those movies is is shameful to me. They're not even a nomination. Yeah, he he deserved it, and really, I'm surprised the you know you look back at the movies themselves didn't get as much as you would think. You know, because it, it is hard sometimes for the blockbuster wants to break through but this is kind of one of those ones where you would expect it to break through into more categories like nolan batman or or something you would expect it to have more of a shot at visual effects and, and, and at least in rise's case you, you you could argue it deserved an adapted screenplay now mm-hmm. i'm not sure what was that year for rise at the oscars i'm pretty sure that 2011 2012 was it was a stacked year let's look but I, I mean i love the movie as much and, and rise is probably my second favorite of the three yeah, war is at the bottom. Yeah, war, war. We'll get to in how that hasn't aged the greatest. But but rise is such a solid entry point. People that haven't seen it. We start with this. It, it's James Frank was a doctor trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's to basically help his dad out. Which and was they, a- and they test on monkeys. A monkey gets it. She has a kid. She dies. The, mo- the, the her, her, her kid gets like adopted by James Franco scientist character, and he and since he was born with it he has he's this hyper intelligent ape played by andy circus and it's basically just the life of caesar is like this first movie it's him going from james franco to put into captivity and kind of how this eight liberation movement starts it, it it sounds really stupid when you say it on paper because most of the, the story is through character driven moments mm-hmm. um for the oscars that year it was the descendants hugo the ideas of of March, Moneyball, and Tinker March. and Tinker Taylor's Soldier Spy. <sighs> yeah, see, Moneyball's gonna win, but it should have been up in that category, I think. I still love Tinker Taylor. Yeah, I know. that's another really good script. To me, like, yeah, Moneyball's just too good. <laughs> but but a movie like this wasn't even looked at. Part of it is on Fox's fault. Like, the marketing for this movie was not good. It yeah, somehow it made a surprise near the end of, like, oh, wait, what? It's good? And then everybody had to scramble to see it. Yeah, yeah, it made a bunch of money. Like, it made $481 million. It was a big success. And it was kind of ambitious for them to choose because you would think, especially in this era, that they would want a, a big epic apes movie right off the bat. And instead we get a smaller scale, kind of slow burnish film. And I, th- I think like what kind of helped them risk it. I'm surprised they went back to the series at all, but I think the reason they went with one like that is because of the failure of like the Tim the Burton. Movie. Yep. See, now that was my first Planet of the Apes movie I saw. 
unfortunately. But he had somehow made money, but was garbage, and of course, no one was even going to think about making a sequel to it. I was because it I was flipping terrible. through channels, and I was like, "Oh, I've never seen Planet of the Apes. This isn't the one I was supposed to be." <laughs> I've, I've, I've watched it on TV, like, not the whole thing, and, and I've seen, like, large portions of it. It's so bad. It's bad. It looks terrible. It was back when Tim Burton was pulling literally everything, including things he, he, he had no business making. <laughs> well, like Tim Burton says, he likes he never likes the original, but he just wants to make his version of these movies. <laughs> Well, it's so like the end of that one specifically with the, with the Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln <laughs> makes is, no fucking sense. It's so. Anyone talks about you know the original Planet of the Apes and and how the end of that at the time was one of the most mind blowing twists ever. And then you get to that one, which 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 you can tell Tim Burton is trying for that same effect. Instead, everyone's like, "What?" <laughs> Instead, it's just fun and and really you know, kind of. Made yeah, like we said, it, it, the trailers for Rise didn't help, but it's like at that point, this franchise that started out as like social commentary w- was like a joke. Like, ooh, apes take over. It's funny. <laughs> like, it's not like serious anymore. And I think that's mostly because of the Tim Burton one <laughs> and April well, him, like, well, And because Rise of the Planet of the Apes looked like Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <laughs> Like that, that's the part everyone forgets is it kind of has a plot of Deep Blue Sea. It does. Now you say that. With with the super intelligent sharks. And I love Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea is hilarious. Like that's a Deep, Deep Blue Sea is such a fun movie. I think me and you, Justin, watched back when we lived together quite a few times on TV. Yeah, it's because it was on, what, the Bounce channel or whatever? Yeah, it was on Bounce a lot. It's a stupid fun movie. The fact that it's got two sequels, I don't know how that came out like uh, 20 years later. I don't know how. Like Samuel Jackson making that like really like impassioned speech and then getting really there's the old kind of movie they're making <laughs> my favorite t- time in a movie theater was uh this is on a tangent but uh Jurassic World and all of a sudden the Dominus Rex is backing up to the water I'm like he's about to get deep blue seed he's about to get deep blue seed <laughs> and then he does and I'm like yes yeah it's weird how many movies have taken from deep blue sea of all things an influential film for it, all it's, it's becoming one and that's hilarious that, that's amazing this is the timeline we deserve to live in but getting back but, on topic I mean yeah, the all yeah, timers yeah. angle to this was I think was a really cool idea well do you guys know in the original, original timeline how the Planet of the Apes came to be no I've only seen the first that, one that, that like the human the humans destroyed each other right through like nucle- was it nuclear war it was no. some kind of what happened was in, late, in, in the later movie Cornelius oh. and Zira, so the two like main apes from the from the franchise, the ones that help Charlton Heston's character, go back in time with their son Caesar, and then Caesar in that time period creates the Planet of the Apes. Hmm. Okay, this is why the sequels are dumb. <laughs> yeah, the sequels are dumb. The sequels are really bad. And like, and these in this trilogy of movies is how we should be making films, right? Is there is there taking all the dumb parts of Planet of the Apes and making them awesome mm-hmm. yeah and it kind of yeah as far as like the 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 canon it kind of wipes out most i, I don't know if it wipes out all of the sequel stuff to the original because there were like 800 movies but like a lot of the the dumb stuff from the sequels i mean the original does make references to caesar i think right thanks so. i think i remember references but 
yeah, like, you know, the sequel stuff kind of goes out the window and you kind of create something more personal and grounded and, like, do something new with it. Who wrote the screenplay, Rez? I'm going to take a look here. Who wrote the screenplay? Written by Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. I don't know those names. Oh, looks like they are a husband-wife team. Who wrote the other one? He also wrote the other one. Who wrote Jurassic World? <laughs> Probably on autopilot by then. Came full and, circle and, here. And Mulan in Avatar 2. That's oh. hilarious, actually. So it wasn't a tangent, Justin. Nope, came full circle somehow. <laughs> These people totally just really intentional. Like Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally intentional. <laughs> Wow. How did they go from writing really good scripts to writing really stupid scripts? Someone must have came up and did some touch-up work. Yeah. Or, yeah, money. <laughs> but Fox definitely loved Rise of the Apes because they went full in to the, to the Apes franchise. And we are better for it. And, and, and that's, I think, why Rupert Wyatt left the sequel. It was, it was because he was being rushed too fast. Like, this is going to suck. Because apparently... I heard like the, the the scripts from that era for the movie were terrible. Mm-hmm. There were there was one like apparently they were gonna like jump into like the ape the ape led future. Oh, that would have been a bad idea. I've heard the term apes vaping a lot. <laughs> And it's also yeah, like you could tell at the end of the first one that that was the potential. Tr- like you can see at the end of Rise a scenario where like that's the last you see of Caesar. Honestly, yeah, no, no, agreed. You you can tell that they made Rise as a standalone film. Yeah, yeah. if need be, if they didn't make any money on it. <laughs> Cause what and that very end of Rise is so good. Yeah, with the yeah. First off, the the last scene with him and James Franco Caesar is home. First word he says, and swings away. But then also the infection thing and seeing like the whole world as like the credits go like falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very realistic. Very yeah, real- yeah. It was, it was <laughs> a mind blowing part. Well, and that whole going back to Rise as a movie, the, the third act of Rise is so good. Mm-hmm. From from the apes breaking out of the ape pen. Caesar saying no at Tom Felton. Yeah. So good. Like, like you see this gradual buildup and and that's what makes the writing so good. You don't just get apes right away. You see this kind of this momentum building very slowly. Yeah, it's 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 perfectly paid. Like the structure is perfect because yeah, the third act feels like a whole different movie. Like, and that's because of the time it took to build up, and then it just like blows up. <laughs> and, the, and the difference is how it was marketed, how the end actually is. Because how it was marketed as apes break out, apes take over, humans better run. In reality, the end of the movie is the apes trying to escape, and the humans trying to keep them in captivity. It's a completely different tone. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the problem with the marketing they marketed it as them taking over action like a disaster movie yeah where yeah. it's actually not it's more of a cerebral showing the growth of the apes to where they become at the end and you, and you were rooting for the apes which which you didn't think that actually would be but you are because mm-hmm. because because it's such a it's a small build-up right it's not like this kind of what we're used to now of just everything having to be in one movie yeah we didn't get the montage at the beginning of the movie showing the entire battle backstory to then right into this part right here where the the conflict started yeah yeah like like you don't really see this a lot anymore of the of the first movie that is both a first in a series but also standalone like them thinking one movie at a time versus eight at once right you know now it would be they already have the tease for dawn and the, you know Cobb is already in this movie 
movie, and we've got you know eight other spinoffs ready to go. We get a James Franco spinoff. The um, oh, he died. Never mind. Um, um maybe <laughs> a general no, spinoff. Call survive the guy who he who dies on the bridge. Well, some I also just remember Koba is in this movie just barely, but, but the guy who's in the helicopter who dies would magically survive, and he would be a bad guy again with like a bionic mm-hmm. arm or something. That's such a good. That's such a good scene when, when they when they drop that guy off the fucking helicopter into the bridge. <laughs> yeah, you just get that long take like, of the helicopter just tumbling down. And all of a sudden, he's hoping it's one of the other apes to help him out, and it's Koba, and he's like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, <laughs> and he sees Koba and goes, "Oh shit!" Well, that's where <laughs> that's where kind of like it helps lead into Don a little bit, probably unintentional or whatever. But just like Caesar's, like he's not gonna kill him, but he won't save him either, and walks away, and then you just got Koba just like yep fuck you buddy <laughs> and that's yeah that's like what what good writing does like even that's just like what fits best for this movie and then the second one's also well written because even though like we had said they had thought about just jumping ahead and skipping all these characters but they're like okay we have koba established as someone who would do this we're gonna play with that and build off of that and make like a whole character you know make him a big part of the second one it lays the seeds so that way the sequels could actually because like someone like koba in the first one seems like a throwaway almost right like like a cliche you have caesar who's the raised by humans loved monkey then you have koba who is like the one that was abused as a a test sample Mm -hmm. but what don does with those characters and their relationships is so clever and and unexpected in my opinion well it also does a great job of building other relationships with uh caesar and like rocket and maurice 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 is the goat well, I think people mistake, like, when people think, like, great writing, especially, like, continuous like this, they think that it's all just planned out ahead of time, when most of the time to work out best, it's really not. You just make the best story you can at the time, and then the good writing is there, and you pick up what pieces are there and continue them. So, like, did they plan... I highly doubt they plan on having Koba be, like, this main villain for a movie, and then his shadow to kind of still be there in the third one, but they pick up what's there and make like a complex dynamic out of it mm-hmm. be, be, because in a lot of ways Koba's right that's what makes Koba a good villain is that from Koba's perspective you, you can see where he's coming from Koba good villain Caesar is Caesar no leader <laughs> Well, they have they they have a very similar dynamic to like Professor X and Magneto. Yes, yeah, it's essentially what their characters are. So, 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 so for context, we're talking about Don and the Planet of the Apes. It's the 2014 sequel to Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which takes oh, place what, like like eight years later. It's eight Some, years later, Caesar is so. now in isolation. Humanity's all but wiped out in an amazing opening scene. Yeah, I mean, rewatching that in the end of Rise is kind of like this day and age is kind of like wow it's kind of scary <laughs> yeah that's such a strong visual opening like sets the tone perfectly and yeah it's like sets up this is kind of a whole different tone this is a much different film it's a very different film i mean it's dark i mean the first word's not even like spoken to like 20 minutes in and you get that amazing caesar dynamic where caesar in this one is isolationist he's try- he's trying to just avoid humans in general he's basically a neutral party he- he's letting them wipe themselves out and just kind of running his own little little, little tribe. Got like the written on the wall, the ape commandments or whatever. 
yeah, it's Abe no killing oops together strong. And that fact that they've you know they they have this settlement they've taught, he's taught them how how to like communicate. Yeah, and they're kind of all teaching each other how to communicate. And yeah, they're just kind of content until of course humans run into them. <laughs> Putting on the I war paint to, to be, hunt. I would love to be present on the set for this movie and seeing all of the actors in their mocap suits sitting around like a fire pretending to be monkeys. <laughs> Because that's what it is. Because it's all mocap. So it's all humans going hoo, 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 in, a, in a circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like yeah, like they, to go from two thousand one or and also the original Planet of the Apes. Like two thousand one was like the mimes and and the suits, and then the original was like prosthetics, and then fast forward to now where it's it's them and like the mocap suits and the dots with the light things in front of their face dancing around like apes. <laughs> and they look great. Like Dawn, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, Dawn looks better than Rise. Rise, the the mocap hasn't aged amazingly. Dawn and War still look really good. Yeah, like I remember the teaser for War of the Planet of the Apes. They just had Andy Circus's face just slowly t- morph into Caesar's, and you're like, we have come well, a long way. Well, it's also because it, it, if you look at Dawn and Rise, most of the ape scenes take place in the dark. Yeah, or like overcast mm-hmm. versus Rise, where it's all in daylight, so it's harder to make the mocap look good or great yeah well and it's something too that's interesting about these movies because you know we complain about bad cgi a lot and these have a ton of cgi what makes these work well like mocap work and creature work is very good and this helped push the boundaries further on them i mean everything andy sarkis is in does it's also i mean it's it's set work it's location work they're just mocap apes i mean if you look at like behind we talked about the forest scene behind the scenes of the forest scene they're in a forest (laughs) it's just andy (laughs) in a great in a gray dotted costume <laughs> in a forest. But, but that's the important thing, right? Like, it's, it's CGI characters in real environments. Yeah. Yeah, or like the ape home is like a real constructed place. I mean, I, they have blue screen behind it for the, the background of the environment, but the ape settlement is like a, a, a set. Yeah, yeah. It's not like a Snyder movie where it's like a couple real props and then just in a, in, in a green box. Yeah. It's, and that helps, it's like, why do they feel so human? They It feels more authentic. Besides the visuals look good, like there's real environments and then you get the real people and they look real next to them. Mm-hmm. And they play off each other better because they're not talking to a green ball on a stick. <laughs> they're talking to Andy Serkis, who is pretending to be a monkey, but... <laughs> <laughs> it takes some time getting used to, I think. But I, I feel like he's so good that that it doesn't because he's because t- he's like giving his, his all, right? Right. He, yeah, you definitely take it seriously. Everybody, everybody else is great too. Yeah, it's some of the best mocap work, like acting wise, of like that mocap cast mm-hmm. of people that 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 have gone on to become like notable no cap mocap actors. It's not just Eddie Circus. You have Terry No Terry. Uh, Toby Cabell uh, as Koba, at least uh, Don, I don't think Toby Cabell is Koba and in Rise, but he's he's Koba, he's Koba and Don. Yeah, he's in Don. Not, Judy not Greer randomly shows up in mocap, <laughs> but but you, but you see it work, and it kind of started the whole mocap boom that we haven't seen really at this level. I mean, Fox is trying. They had was it Call of the Wild, which had the mocap dog Woof. that was played oh, by that right, dude. right, right, the one with Harrison Ford. Yeah, with Harrison Ford and Terry No Terry as 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 the dog. Which I want this. I want the mocap free dog cut. <laughs> Where's Harrison Ford and a grown ass man pretending to be a dog? <laughs> That's gotta be the weird. Oh. Just his face. What the fuck? 
but this movie works. And then you have, you have the human characters of, the, of the, this one. So the plot kind of kicks off when Caesar's group runs into a, a group of surviving humans that features Jason Clark as, I don't know his name, it's Owen. Malcolm. As Clark. Malcolm. <laughs> it's some generic white dude name. And then, and then you have Kirk uh, Harry Russell, who's with them, Cody Smith McPhee as their awkward, weird kid. And of course, Gary Oldman as the leader of this human settlement. Who's not in it as much as the trailers would make you think. <laughs> yeah. Well, because it's very good. His role in it is very good. Well, be, because it's the subversion of expectations, right? Right. The, which, which this is how you subvert expectations, is Don and Polly Apes. Because I remember in the marketing, it, made, it very much seemed like the plot was going to be Gary Oldman as the main villain trying to go after Caesar. And that is very much not the case. Right. And it's still, it still looked really good this time. This time the marketing was very good. And yet you still got something different than you expected in a good way. But it also made it look good in the first place this time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the marketing was fantastic. I was so hyped for this movie. I, I couldn't see it opening oh, weekends. I've helped my family like re-cement a, 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 I think a wood fire, a wood fire stove. <laughs> Like Kobe, I, I wanted to go so bad, and uh, when I did, I was bull- I, know, I think I've seen, I think I saw this movie three times in theaters. Damn, I saw it twice. I, I love Don. I think I saw. I absolutely it. love Don. It is a. Oh, I saw it opening weekend. It is a phenomenal movie, in my opinion. I love this movie. It is so damn exciting. When the plot eventually builds, like I said, it's the worst expectations. It's because Koba tries to kill Caesar, blames it on the humans, and starts a war between the humans and the apes. But what really sets Koba as like a good villain is like the beginning of this movie when they're hunting or whatever, and they, Caesar and his son get trapped by the bear, and Koba comes to save him. It's like, had Koba not seen the humans again, none of this probably happens like he doesn't try yeah. to take over caesar like he's he's integrated with them he's bro- he's their brother right it's based on their difference with this very big issue that causes conflict which you know it's like parallels human conflicts right like it's very much representative of you know their culture society kind of tearing itself apart because of the difference between them koba has seen the horrors that man can do and is and doesn't want to happen again and his answer is subjugation and genocide Whereas Caesar's is peace. And one thing, the oh sorry. Well, go ahead. Well, the the one thing because I know you guys are a little like I do love this movie. You guys are definitely higher on it than me. And the one thing I have, which is what you already said about the first one, is I do think the two main human characters in this movie are pretty weak. Yes, <laughs> I, I would agree. And, and this one, it matters less because you have the whole ape dynamic that's the center of it. But I do think at times the Gary Oldman stuff is underutilized and then the two main humans don't have that much to them but it makes up for it with Caesar and Koba and that whole complex dynamic and then like visually is incredible I don't know how you would do it but I haven't thought, thought, thought this at the time that Gary Oldman's character should have been the main human character yeah I don't know how you would do that in the story just because I because I I, I I agree with you that Jason Clark and Carrie Russell's characters are pretty weak mm-hmm. and and basically only seem to be there to just move the story along. But in a movie called Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, you want the apes to be the center of attention. Right, and that, that part works perfectly. Yeah, be, 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 
because Gary Oldman's character is like the last human leader trying to maintain some form of society and 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 struggling, right? Because like they're because the whole plot of the movie is humans just want to like get like a generator back up and going. Yeah, they're trying to get power back into the city so they can live easier. Yeah, and and they need Caesar's help to 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 get there. Otherwise, like they said, the last remaining human society is basically going to collapse. Because mm. I think yeah, I think it could be. I mean, this would be much different. I think it would be interesting if the if the human leader also wanted peace. Yeah. But you know, COVID just fucks everything up, and there could be also someone on the human side who also wants to fuck things up. Well, I mean, for the most part, Gary Oldman did want peace. Yeah, he's just very mistrusting of the apes and is kind of looking for an excuse a little bit. Yeah. Well, when his first like think about his first interaction with the ape is they're marching down into his town on horseback right in front of him with the army. That's his first interaction with them you don't think he's like oh shit we're screwed well, well you have kirk acevedo's character mm-hmm. who's the one that, that i believe shoots caesar's uh, son i think it was rocket's son but yeah rocket's son yeah well, okay it was rocket's son it was one it was one of them and and rocket you, you know it, it still respects caesar mm-hmm. but you get that dynamic but but what the subversion is being because right because they want you to to believe that that, that, that guy is going to be the one that starts the war no koba right. uses him to start the war yep he's the fall and guy that's the per the perfect like way to do it is to have Koba do it. Yeah, it is. It's the perfect way to do it, which leads to parts you get to earlier, which is Koba's assault on the human settlement, which is one of the most amazing action sequences I've ever seen. The tank, the tanks. <laughs> it's so good. I love it so much. It's 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 so thrilling. It's intensive. It's fun. You have the tanks. You have just the monkeys on horseback. Koba's dually machine guns. Everybody wanted. Wasn't in the trailer we saw mo- uh, monkeys on horses with machine guns? We were like, yes. <laughs> it does not disappoint because because it, it, it's a long sequence. Oh yeah, it goes on way longer than you think it would. Yeah, I I love that part. The part that always gets me is that scene where like Caesar's son, who is a who's a who's a I think an underrated rated character in the movie. Oh yeah. Um, you know, this Caesar's son who's kind of torn between Koba and Caesar's points of view. Well, the problem is he he he. I think he idolizes Koba and doesn't want to listen to his dad. But then all of a sudden he sees what Koba really is, and he's kind of like, yep. I screwed but, up. Well, mm-hmm. it's because Koba's the cool uncle and Caesar's the strict dad. Yeah. Until the cool uncle's conspiracy theories end up getting him to lead a, a, a war. <laughs> well, there's an amazing scene where Koba is on the horse with two machine guns and he and he rides by Caesar's son I believe Blue Eyes is his name yeah rides by Blue Eyes and, it, and like his friends they've got like hit by like a tank shell he goes rah and like, and they, and like runs like right past them and they, and they like stare at like what the hell is going on then he gets on that tank and then the camera just stays on the tank as it spins around and you just see all the destruction Koba going on on the tank is such a good shot. And then you get Koba taking over. Humans are going into cages. All all of Caesar's allies are placed under arrest. And anyone who questions Koba gets killed. Yeah, it's and then and then the human characters team up with with Blue Eyes, who is um who's just kind of walking around and is kind of like a broken person until they realize that Caesar's Caesar's alive. Which gives us the amazing Caesar Koba fight. Yeah, that was which, very good. Which was preluded by the fight in the dam or whatever, where where Caesar just beats the living shit out of Koba. 
Caesar is weak. Kobo weaker. Because <laughs> that's the uh, thing, thing about Koba that again they do something different with it is that like physically he is actually much weaker than Caesar. Well, that's but he's also very smart and very sneaky and like willing to do anything. So that's what makes him a good adversary. It's not just like oh I'm you but evil. <laughs> well, that's basically or, like, I'm you but stronger and evil and you win by the power of goodness. He's like weaker but smart like at times smarter. Well, basically that's what Caesar's kind of calling out is he's weaker because he has to use man's machines such as guns and everything to take command. He can't win up in a straight battle. Right, but he's got, and yeah, he's got that like sneaky mental, like he's very intelligent in that way and like scheming and kind of setting things up. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a strategist because yeah. he knows that he doesn't have people on his side so he has to make them on his side and then fight with that. He lacks brute strength so he has to be like more savage than Caesar on, on all fronts. But I think too, this is the one that like with all like the layers of complexity to it is the most like the original just in terms of like complexity. I mean, they're very different movies, but like kind of the character dynamics remind me a little bit of the first one. Yes. As in the, the original. Yes, I know. I, I, would, I would agree. Like we're getting to, to that point of where the monkey society is forming and the hierarchies are starting to form too, right? Mm-hmm. Because that, that's a kind of thing tangent on that to, 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 to the first one, the original. That's like one of the big parts of, of that movie is like apes are equal, yet the ape society is very hierarchical. Yeah, and they just military- on, on humans, which is like starts in this movie. Yeah, yeah, but you have humans are like this, or like the what's the, what's the term? Livestock, essentially. Gorillas are the soldiers. Orangutans are the scientists and intellectuals and leaders. And 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 chimps and apes are just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Which since we're on this topic, I should say I love that. Planet of the Apes, the OG ones. Much of we're talking about how much we love these ones. Nothing will be, in my opinion, the original Planet of the Apes. Oh, com- I, I completely agree. Like as as excellent as these movies are, like the the original is like an all time great movie. That's like so complex. So, like it, it gets tension out of like all of those debates about what's happening, and like there's there's that tension of like trying to find out what's happening, and it's just like very inventive, very well made and crafted film, and very 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 complex. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, but very- like all good sci fi from that era. It's got lots of political allegory squeezed into a very fun story. Yeah, and I, I always for I always forget the the script is written by Rod Sterling and it does it does feel almost like like the ending definitely feels like a Twilight Zone episode <laughs> well I will say that the makeup effects visuals haven't really aged the greatest but the script and the performances minus one hey hey, oh, hey, hey he is exactly uh, what the movie needed so it sells the movie forward because because I mean it gets right into it you have them go to space and then they're on on monkey planet with that um, what, what, what do they call it? It's like it's not like a, like a purge, but it's they join up with the other humans, like the, the wild feral humans. Where they like go on the hunt and just like shoot all those people. Yeah, and and then bag up a bunch of them. Like like they, they, they kill a bunch of them and then like net up the rest. Uh, and it's a fantastic the sequence. Effects, but the the set work is amazing. In oh, that the movie. set work is phenomenal. That's not being touched. And they make Charlton <laughs> Heston on speak for like twenty minutes until he says the amazing line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing line. <laughs> 
Yes. I mean, it gets okay. quoted quite a bit. Not necessarily as a good thing. Like, 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 and one of the questions we're talking about is the one we all know, right? Get your hands off or is a pause. Get your paws off, be a damn dirty <laughs> ape. Get your paws off me, you damn dirty ape. <laughs> Which we all know, and I feel like sometimes that line is said like ironically, like when they when they when they put it into rise when Tom Felton says it. That's that's kind of yeah, it's kind of cringy when he says it. Yeah, it sounds horrible, <laughs> and that's because Charlton Heston is a, is a good actor. All the Harry Potter fans really pissed. Yeah, fight me. But I guess for context, me and Alex have been fighting over whether or not Charlton Heston is a good actor for years. It's like a, it, it's a debate that will not end until one of us dies. Or until you see Ben-Hur. <laughs> Even then, like... You would still say the same thing, probably. Well, yeah. Well, you know you know why I'm not a Charlton Heston. I don't think he's, he's a terrible actor, but he very much is cheesy and corny, especially in Planet of the Apes. But it, but it's the, it's that good cheese. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you that he is always what the movie needs at times. Yeah, it kind of needs like that center presence that like just like when he's on screen, he always like commands the scene basically and it needs that to push like the human story forward and like, okay, you have all these other random human characters and then there's this dude who's like the dude. <laughs> yep, he's the dude as it we all know well, the plot. The apes, you know, the guy who's like gonna like stand up. Because uh, we all know Planet of the Apes the plot, right? Humans crash land on a monkey planet. They try they try to escape. Well, Charlton Heston is only one that's alive enough to escape. Mm-hmm. Goes on this big quest, finds out that he's actually on Earth in the future. We all know that plot. Mind like blown. Kind of <laughs> Meme to death a little bit, and I think that underplays just how good it really is. Yeah, it's one of those that yeah, because it's so classic. It's been referenced so many times and memed so many times that like it's effectiveness like it's an amazing movie yeah people people see it as a joke not just because of how like it's used as a joke but because of just how many sequels they made and how terrible most of them are and they're like six sequels or something like that there's a lot and they're all not nearly as good i think the second one beneath the planet of the apes isn't terrible but for sure the ones came after that are not good at all oh there's only five okay Beneath, Escape, Conquest, and Battle for. And, mo- and and anything after Beneath is regarded as pretty bad. I know, I know, I know Battle, which I, which is essentially Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, is Battle for the Planet of the Apes. Battle for the Planet of the Apes is regarded as a terrible movie. <laughs> and there's that weird TV show, too. It's It was a franchise that kind of like a lot of franchises from this time, or just in general, the ones that start out like like your first Bloods, Robocops, the movies that start out with actual like themes and meaning that get diluted for fun, weird camping actions. <laughs> How can we take this super serious movie and turn it into something crazy and fun? Sequels. Lots well, and lots like of sequels. OG, like OG Planet of the Apes is like, it's about like racism and shit. Mm-hmm. And it hits deep. It's good. Yeah. I have to see these sequels. I'm, cu- I'm kind of curious how bad they really yeah, are. I, I've, I've avoided them. I've just watched the the OG. I've always wanted to, especially because I, I read the Planet of the Apes comics that Boom did that are really good. They made a whole prequel series that is about the OG timeline. So so it, 
it's basically about ape society and almost like the, 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 the this apocalypse that happens before Taylor shows up in the first movie, and it it, it kind of sets up the political struggles that Taylor walks into. They're really good, but there's stuff that's in the sequels that's in these comics that, that like like I think the sequels have, have like humans that survive underground and are now telepathic. Yeah, <laughs> and there, there's like yeah, there's the time travel shit. I I did read a little bit what happens after I watched the first one just because I realized oh Charlton Heston's in like one at least one of these sequels that I was reading what happens I'm like yeah I don't want to watch this <laughs> it's batshit insane the, the, the sequels are crazy and not in a good way like they tried to stay grounded which I think is what they did with the, with the, with the prequel trilogy that they did you know this, this past decade is try and keep things somewhat grounded increase the stakes and get to the weird part without getting super weird mm-hmm. at yeah, least the yeah, OG does is like you know and you have this crazy ape planet but then you learn like how it works and you keep it very much focused on like the happenings of him trying to find out and trying to prove that he's intelligent looks like there's something that like why why you can say that the twist ending of that movie that they're on planet earth and they've been kind of keeping that secret from everyone that they're on earth and that humans came before them why that's like the worst part of the series is because now everything after that has been a lot of ways trying to explain how earth became ape ape world yeah when that's not point of the story yeah like like, that that's not what the story of the trend tell even is it's it it's about ape world as ape world, not how ape, not how ape world became ape world. But I, I do think that Don and Pony Apes and the others have done their best to kind of keep everything straight. Because Matt Reeves, Batman director, came in and he was to me the the, the saving grace for this series. His direction is so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's very easy to see. Yeah, see a world where someone else directs these ones and it's like, oh, that one was good, and then all the sequels sucked. But and I do think, yeah, it's the difference. But Besides the script still being good, it's the direction. I mean, visually, it's incredible. The action scenes are really well directed. And, like, there's just, like, a sense of purpose and pace and control to, like, all of it that his direction brings. And then there was... I I almost feel like this is one of those movies that, for a good movie, gets such a bad rap. <laughs> like it is to me, it's still act. It's a good. <laughs> That's the most like, accurate thing I've ever heard about this movie. The problem but, is the problem is I'm it's not actually, and it's like it's still a good movie. <laughs> well, well, the problem is is, is is Justin. I think you're going to say the same thing. It's not a war movie. <laughs> It's not a war movie. Very true. It's a Don't, escape which, or whatever. Which, to be fair, the titles for these movies are all messed up. Yes. Like, Rise should be called Dawn. Dawn should be called Rise. And War should be called something else. <laughs> yeah. In, internment yeah, camp of the Planet of the Apes. Concentration camp of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't roll off the tongue. Quite well. I, I, well, I love how even fans call out, like, the titles should be flip-flopped and then in War... Matt Reeves starts like the rise of this and then the dawn <laughs> like to make it make sense to the, everybody else or you can just accept that you guys bungled the, 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 the names yeah. 
But I do think besides like the fact that it's not a war, like the central problem of it, I will admit, is that at times it feels like going over the same ground Dawn did, where like, I mean, the plot is still really complex. The characters are still really complex. I think it spends too much time dwelling on Dawn and doing the slow burn again, which again does work to an extent, but it's like too much build. It's too slow. Well, I, I, I agree with you, especially with the fact that Don actually built to something. Don built to this crazy, insane third act that was this massive action sequence, which just chain reacted into action after action after action for like the back 45 minutes of the movie. War keeps building and building and building into a conflict between two groups of humans. And they both get taken out by an avalanche. <laughs> yeah. The, the back half of the movie is just humans fighting each other as Caesar and the apes just kind of watch off from the distance. <laughs> Not, not, not even part of the movie anymore. Yeah, and I think what it need, I think it, it needed to get to the part where they're in the camp sooner, even if it's afraid that that looks too much like the first movie, the original movie, because actually that's an asset, not a problem. Because you can make the comparison, right? Them being like, you know, in the camp is kind of like the original movie with Charlton Heston, but they don't get to that part quickly enough. And Woody Harrelson is a really interesting character in the movie for two scenes. Yeah, the whole movie people that haven't seen it because I feel like a lot of people have seen this one and they have Don. Caesar's family is murdered by Woody Harrelson's military troop because there is a war going on for the first 10 minutes of the movie between between the apes and the humans after the end of Don and Caesar's, Caesar's family is killed the apes are kidnapped and Caesar and some of the supporting characters have to go on some like apocalypse now type quest and what sucks for me is that with Woody Harrelson's character like you said Alex great character give Caesar good motivation you, you actually have motivation for Caesar to go down a darker path and bring us closer to the original movies and the movie is too afraid to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it kind of like one of my criticisms with like Dawn was like the final battle between Koba and Caesar. I thought it was they were going to go more like have uh, blue eyes kind of take over and then they just kind of used him to kill him off in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, blue eyes is in for like what, 30 seconds? Yeah, he's like, oh, I found this place and I die that night. <laughs> yeah, like I think I th- think you know killing blue eyes is still like a good choice and as motivation it should have it shouldn't have happened that quickly <laughs> i think and you could have just killed off his wife and he'd still be pissed blue, i think he could have kept blue eyes to me blue eyes death needed to be like a second act turning point yeah it felt right, too I, I, it felt too early yeah to really make him go down a darker path but then like they didn't like you said they didn't kind of go down the darker path enough like he does kind of murder some people <laughs> but like that's kind Kind of it, and then like he's fine by the end. Well, he killed Nova's dad in like cold blood. (laughs) Yeah, and he's like, "Oh shoot, I killed her dad. I'm no better than the monster. I'm no better than Woody Harrelson now." And more Woody Harrelson, like fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woody Harrelson basically comes down, goes awesome people, and then just leaves for like the majority of the movie. It's like, yep, I came to kill the apes, the ape, and now I'm heading to the snowy part of this place for some reason. (laughs) See in the third act. It's a, and then you said you, and you get like the gorilla that has that dramatic death where it's like we just met this dude yeah like every new movie gets a new gorilla as their like sidekick <laughs> who dies I will say what like really really works well in this movie is like the stuff with Nova the 
you know, even though we've said it could be better, like kind of Caesar's arc works really well and like kind of comes to a, you know, a three movie conclusion in a sad, like his arc concludes in a satisfying way. And I I would agree. Also, yeah, again, like the, you know, Uh, I don't don't know. I think Caesar could have died off a better way than he did. Right, but I mean, just like his art, like the path of it, you know. Yeah, the path is good. Like the execution, I was like, yeah, it could have been a little better. And that there's interesting conflicts. I do like them, like being in the camp is kind of interesting dynamic. And there, there's enough tension there. I do agree the avalanche is kind of dumb, but like the dynamic with him and Woody Harrelson when it's there is really good. Well, it's such an anticlimactic finale to me. For yeah, is it fam- a bad one? No, but it's definitely anticlimactic. It does some. It does some cool stuff. I feel like it's intentionally anticlimactic. I feel like that was Matt Reeves' big mistake. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you were trying to show that the humans would still always fight each other and went and it would go you know and would kill each other and then of course you have the virus that mutates and now it's making everyone mute well it's basically turning them into apes because they're it's not only muting them but also cognitively they're declining yeah, yeah it's which, which is really interesting yeah that's really good well which also leads pretty well into the original planet of the apes where the humans were um, livestock basically yeah wild animals. it explains so much it, but it could explain it in a much better way yes we we didn't need it to go the way because it feels like in a lot of ways matt reeves was trying to make apocalypse now with monkeys and apocalypse now yeah yeah <laughs> apocalypse now and i don't think it really worked as as well as he w- hoped it would actually i can i kind of see some of the parallels to how he's like on the hunt for this colonel or whatever but like the reason apocalypse now works is because of how like crazy and mental and disturbing it gets and then like if you're gonna have the villain show up for such a short period of time it's got to be like for a reason like there's that mystery behind him in apocalypse now and then like he's got to make a big fucking impression <laughs> he, like marlon brando he's got to really make that mark <laughs> And, and, and he, he doesn't. Right, he's However, like, oh, that's a interesting character. Oh, he's gone now. <laughs> However, the standout character to me who was annoying in marketing but awesome in the movie is Steve Zahn's Bad Ape. I know. Talk about a character you thought you were going to hate but actually turned out to be actually really good. <laughs> like, he had a chance to, like, be the Jar Jar Binks of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Instead, he shows up in the hat when they're going to go on the quest and he comes in the hat <laughs> and the vest and is just like, I'm ready to go, guys. <laughs> and see him, like... In the poster, where it's all like the apes ready to fight, and he's in the stupid hat still. <laughs> and you do get some, you you do get some interesting dynamics with the ape society of like the one gorilla that like betrays them. Yeah, the the guys call them donkeys or whatever because they were they were all under Koba, and then like you wouldn't trust us or whatever, but never yeah. even tried. It's there's some interesting stuff there. It honestly, they almost needed two movies to end the the, the series instead of instead of one. Mm-hmm. But it's not a bad yeah. movie. I I, I, yeah. I agree with, with Alex. It is weird to see a, a really good movie get flack for not being good enough. Well, I mean, that's what happens when you come off of Dawn. <laughs> It is like, yeah, it's honestly, it's not, I'll compare it to two movies. One is probably a closer comparison than the second one, but while obviously the first two aren't as good as these, it is like Godfather 3 Syndrome because that's a pretty good movie. <laughs> but like, it's you not made Godfather. made lots of dads very angry. <laughs> I know I did, but like, ever, like, ever, what everybody complains about is Godfather 3 is a couple of really specific things. Everything else is good. It's just not a necessary movie, which is where it differs here. I do think maybe the closer comp is Dark Knight Rises. 
Yeah. 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 Because Dark Knight is a great move, but it receives almost nothing but flag or, these days. Or do I? Or are you making me say it? Last which Jedi. One? <laughs> which one? It's it's like Last Jedi to me in the sense of. They tried to subvert expectations and wasn't entirely successful. This movie's good. But also that. It, <laughs> it's more entertaining and more... It, it, it doesn't completely go off yes. the grid like last year they tried to. I think just, I think this would work better had we actually gotten like a battle with the apes at the end. Yes. I think that's all this, yeah, this film's really missing is a battle between apes and humans. Because that's what we thought we were going to get. It's what I went in going expecting. What, what, what it really needed was so the humans, right? Because that's the whole big turning point is the Colonel by Willie Harrelson. His character has like the, like the human like extremist army, basically. Yeah. And then he's he, he he he's at war with like the actual U.S. military. Yeah, because who... they think he's gone rogue because he's killing all these people that are getting the virus and slowly losing their mental capacity. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's basically gone on a killing spree. And and so they go try to try, to try and stop him, he, which is amazing because it's revealed in the movie that Willie Harrelson killed Jason Clark's character, which is such a subtle thing, but it's so well done. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that, yeah, that really adds a lot to him. But I think, yeah, it's just as simple as the other army shows up, they're going to kill the apes so that they don't, you know, so that they don't get it. Because like, all these apes are there and they could get infected and then so the apes kill them and survive well what i, what I was gonna say is you get the battle between the two human groups and and they're all kind of beaten and battered then you have the apes basically see them weakened and you get the battle at that point right just like because it just yeah something is whatever it is just instead of the avalanche the apes just finish off the humans after the humans fight each other mm-hmm. and like and that could be good for seeing Caesar's growth because Caesar doesn't want to, but the humans make him. Yeah. yeah. You, you basically have where Caesar wants to just be done with it, but the humans don't want to be done with it. Well, like, even at the beginning, after the first kind of skirmish and he lets those guys go, he's like, tell your commander, it's like, I want peace. I don't want to fight. And then leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, the whole trilogy is basically like Caesar just wants to live happily. It doesn't want to fight with anybody. But Caesar's they just trying to like just sit at home with his kids watch uh, sticks hit each other <laughs> yeah just trying to be a dad and and and, and, and all of a sudden he's in like several different wars <laughs> well, I'm just here man leave me alone but it kind of talks all about like like the politics angle right that the, that the original had we have here which is humans looking for something to, to blame you know the, the whole simian flu thing mm-hmm. when the apes didn't really have much to do with it yeah but it's the humans humans like to blame things that aren't them. Yeah. It's never our fault. And yeah, they're grasping at straws at that point looking for something to blame and answers as like it's all about to end. And then, you know, they just, there are really interesting things in this script. I do think it's reasonably well written. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, I, I feel like there's just some decisions that w- were made. Not saying that they always have to please fans, but there's decisions that were made that they had to know that people weren't going to be happy with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love them being in the snow aesthetic. That looks great that that, that, was, that was a great choice yeah vi- visually to me and like in the in terms of like the the sets and the visuals and stuff i think it's the best looking one for sure because yeah it's you know matt reeves yeah he's got one under his belt he goes again and it you know visually it looks even better and 
and it looks good. The whole Nova plot is yeah, really well done. It's a good movie. Is it a great movie? No, it's probably the weakest of the three, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's the weakest to me. I'll still stand by it as a good movie, but I will admit, like, when I went to see it, I left and I was like, yeah, that, that was good. But I did feel like there was a little bit of that let down. And then it's like I wasn't, like, running out, jumping, telling people to see it. But it's I mean, the most apt co- comparison yeah, we made was basically to bat nolan's batman trilogy it's like the first two are like very like the first one is good story-wise can be they could put a little more money into it to make it look better the second one is the cream of the crop combined gets everything good and the last one's just kind of like a underwhelming but yet good movie made some it's almost like in both cases the directors didn't want to just completely retread old ground mm-hmm. and to try to do something new and it wasn't as successful because it, yeah. it's almost like matt reeves didn't want to even attempt to do a war movie well no he he, he didn't want to even attempt to top or redo the fight between the humans and the apes and don yeah it's like he knew he couldn't either top it or do something different enough where people are are gonna aren't gonna complain this is just don again but is what he did the right call i don't know i will say i'll certainly take it compared to other franchise or series finishes recently but but true right like i will agree it, it was it was good well, comparatively, I will say that, like, I've seen Rise. I didn't see it in theaters, but I've seen it multiple times at home. I saw Dawn three times in theaters and multiple times on on on, on Blu-ray. I've seen War once. Yep, same thing. I've seen I've seen Rise like three or four times. I've seen Dawn twice, I think, and I've I've seen War once. And I and I I own it. I just I I don't even think I've watched the Blu-ray. <laughs> I, I also own War. It, it, it is still in the plastic wrap. <laughs> I think and, I've and, seen and War I, like three. Three times. That's impressive, actually. I want to rewatch them. Like, I want to rewatch all of them in a row because I, I do love them. And and actually, kind of a weird tangent, but I just thought of this. As much as like like me and Justin have argued about Michael Giacchino a few times <laughs> about, about is he really that, 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 that good? His soundtrack and score for Dawn and War are so good. <laughs> Like, because he captures, because the OG movie has, like, that really interesting, weird sound to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of times, like, up kind of, like, hopeful at times, and then gets, like, a little darker. Well, it has that weird percussion in it. Yeah. And and he recaptured that. Like, the whole, like, soundtrack for Don just sounds so good. Yeah, Giacchino, he's, sometimes he's either hit or miss. Like, I, and this I, is I did not I did not care for his Rogue One score. But well, also, uh, yeah, well, a lot of the scores just sound so derivative. Mm-hmm. Like, like, his Batman score has has come out and that doesn't sound that great. I haven't even listened to it yet. Uh, I'll, I'll wait for it in context of the movie itself, but from what I've heard, it, it, it's it's like the trailer sounds, not 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 not, not the full Nirvana song, but it's that bum 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 bum, yeah. like that we see, it, which is like okay, right? But like Batman has some of the best soundtracks for any movies ever, like in all of them. Yeah, whether it's the Danny Elfman theme or the Hans Zimmer theme, like like they're both really good yeah so that has a lot to live up to now there apparently is another planet apes movie coming out uh that, that disney is working on well all in therapy <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it's to be attached to this but he was directed by west ball supposedly who did the maze runner movies 
Yeah, it's so, a no for me, dog. <laughs> it, it could be good. It, it could be good. Um, he was doing Mouse Guard before that got um, canceled by Disney. Hmm. Yeah, I guess, I mean, to be fair, you know, what else did Rupert Wyatt do? <laughs> Rupert Wyatt has done nothing since. He keeps joining stuff and leaving because he did the gambler which is terrible and then he went and was attached to gambit quit that was that was attached to I think the halo series and then quit that he's gotten paid for some nice attachments mm-hmm. i'm sure oh yeah he he's been attached to a bunch of stuff that he hasn't done he's, he's making that guillermo del toro money <laughs> It's so weird to think that Matt Reeves directed Cloverfield. It is. It doesn't really feel like his other stuff. I still haven't seen the OG Cloverfield. I've seen the sequels. I haven't seen any. 10 Cloverfield Lane is great. That, that, that is a great movie. Well, all I hear is it's great until it turns into a Cloverfield movie. <laughs> kind of also that. That's the weird, like, industry thing. This is the sa- weirdly the same path every Die Hard movie until the really bad last one had. But no Cloverfield movie movie after the first one was going to be a Cloverfield movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which is more obvious than those. They just throw it in. But it was the same thing. Yeah, every Die Hard movie was not going to be a Die Hard movie. It, it was like when they were like filming the Cloverfield movie, like, well, this could be a Clover- Cloverfield movie. Add in these three scenes and now it's Cloverfield. <laughs> What I think part of it, it was so they'd make money. And Matt Reeves is like, oh, a check? What's this for? Well, we made this movie into a Cloverfield movie, so you get money. Okay. Wasn't wasn't like the last one like released on Netflix right after like the Super yeah. Bowl or whatever? Yeah, yeah. It was a terrible movie. So Netflix did the smart business decision and did a special release on Super Bowl Sunday after the Super Bowl to try and get hype. Like there was like no trailer even out. I think and the they, trailer was they, on the Super Bowl, they're like, hey, watch yeah. this movie after the Super Bowl, and everyone's like, wait, what? Yeah, everyone got hyped until they realized it's probably because the movie's garbage, and lo and behold, the movie was garbage. We ha- we haven't even talked about since like that was happening, because that was so many years ago, but we talked about it at the time, like, oh, that was Netflix trying to become a big film destination, will it work? I mean, I guess it worked. The one it worked time. In, in, because, it, because Netflix is still the dumping ground for everyone's trash. And True, but and they got them enough into the distribution game that they get like awards films now yeah think finally well covid helped yeah right that definitely helped but even for like the i mean stuff like roma was up for awards they just didn't win but that was the big one because like because 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 like that's what the joke was is netflix was people's trash dumping ground and they and, and they tried to stop that and they're somewhat successful yeah because they, they still have tons of studios trash yeah Although Amazon has kind of taken up more of that mantle with stuff like Tomorrow War and all the Transylvania 4 and that kind of stuff. Like, you can't out-trash us. No, now they're just trashing all kinds of animes with live-action adaptations. Yeah, yeah, we, we should trash people's favorite shows. Making all the weebs mad. To be fair, like, I've seen clips of the Cowboy Bebop live-action show, and that looks... I've seen I've seen a lot of the anime, and I've seen a lot, a little bit of the live-action show, just for comparison. I don't know what the hell they, they did. <laughs> But I actually like Cowboy Bebop. And the Netflix show looks fan-made. They're doing One Piece. I don't know how the hell you even do One Piece live action. You can't. I, I don't. Like, One Piece is my, like, favorite anime thing. So it's like... I like I've always been against the live action because it's like there's too much crazy shit in it to do it. I mean, so far the cast looks great. Other than that, it's like I don't really ha- have any hope for it. One Piece also has like 800 episodes. No, it's over a thousand. <laughs> that's, that's still. 
<laughs> my point remains. Oh, they're never going to get that far. So we'll see. Well, and then there's the Avatar show that they're doing, which is going to probably take place in high school. <laughs> yeah, didn't all like all the creators leave for creative differences? Yeah, they left, and then and then said as they're leaving, what you will see, we had nothing to, to, to do with. Which That's me. Great. I bet you're wondering how I got here. Duh, duh, duh. Let me take you back. <laughs> To when we so, sold our soul to the devil. <laughs> Done. I've already made. I've already made your your intro credits. So just just pay me now. <laughs> I don't going, know enough about how to actually keep going, but <laughs> going and going back to apes. I'm sure with Disney now in the in the driver's seat, we'll see. Because apes is like the only series that that uh, Disney didn't do a complete slate on. Because they because because they, they killed everything except for apes and Avatar. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if you because that was in development did they like take over the development or have they let that go as it was i guess we'll find out when it comes out obviously yeah. average could touch or james cameron would spend another billion dollars until they they give him what he wants yeah, yeah but 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 that's the important question is 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 we're seeing what they're really working on i think it was at least at the time i don't know if they've since been like yeah no we, we don't like this redo it but disney obviously wants to, i think use the ape franchise at least we haven't heard anything about a hulu show at least we're going to make an actual movie. As long as they don't sing I Want to Be Like You, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> give, give us Apes, Apes Land at Disney World. That is what I want. Honestly, yes. <laughs> I will go there. <laughs> they were making, apparently, I think it was in Dubai. Fox was making a theme park. They're going to have like, like a Springfield, a, a alien area. It was going to have like like an ape's water ride in like an ape encampment. Are the apes walking around just going to be guys in like uh, the, what do we call it? What is it? Guys in the motion capture suits. Yeah, motion capture suits. Don't worry. In one year, they will look great. <laughs> You can watch you can watch footage of your trip in a year. But I, I would see that, and, and I would love to see them continue the whole Caesar storyline, like for like generations and stuff. You know, kind of continue down the the path that they're going. I don't know if they they will. I don't want to see a straight remake of the original. No. Oh God. <laughs> I'm just imagine. Yeah, you just put the image of Disney re- remaking the OG movie in my head, and well, the problem is in th- these movies they talked a lot about that space. <laughs> in the first one and like there was like in the third one or whatever there was a lot of easter eggs of the sky or something I yeah. saw a lot of people pointing out and this was the spaceship coming I don't know I hope not because I like what they're doing. I don't want an original. I, the original should stay the original. They tried making it with Tim Burton. It came out like crap. No one liked it. If anything, just do more stories where the apes are slowly building their civilization, civilization again. Ape society is cool. It's a cool concept. Especially considering we could get more of the apes talking other than just Caesar. And doing sign language. Yeah, the, the Caesar. Run. Or Nova. I mean, I do like the sign language parts of that. I think that is actually really interesting to watch on screen. Mm-hmm. It, it was really fun. It, I, and that's one of those little details that, like, in uh, War, when all of a sudden they start trying to sign to Bad Ape, and he's just like, what are you guys doing? I don't understand <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> you're just talking English? Like, they're asking him questions, and he, like, he doesn't even realize they're asking him questions until Caesar asks some questions. He's just like, like, wait, you can talk? Yeah, you guys can? <laughs> you can't sign? Okay, so we know kind of the future for apes is but the future of Matt Reeves is also Batman coming out March 5th guys are you excited for Batman 
Oh, yeah. Yes or no? <laughs> I mean... Whoa. I'm excited. Hear me out. I saw yeah. like the Batman Catwoman trailer and I was kind of, I don't know, I was like kind of on the fence a little bit. But that's your fault for watching more footage. <laughs> yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, I guess I, I have, I yeah, I have not watched that trailer, so I don't, I don't have any thoughts sure. on it. Because I, yeah. I, I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be good, but I like to temper my expectations just a little bit because I don't want to be, I don't want to go into like war and, and become out a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know many people are skeptical about it because it looks it looks to that movie to me looks like it's gonna be the most comic booky of any of the Batman movies so far mm-hmm. at least in the modern sense of what the comics are but it looks like a breath of fresh air I like Matt Reeves as a director oh yeah I, I'm I'm intrigued considering it's supposed to be like three hours long so that's interesting that's a that's a part that everyone's kind of like, huh okay yeah I feel I feel like to, to me in this case especially since this is the first one that's not connected to any universe bullshit I'm like okay there's probably gonna be a good reason why it's that long mm-hmm. that for them to let, like let him actually have the freedom to make like an almost three hour movie <laughs> I just hope it's good I just hope it's good and that Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson are on good terms <laughs> Yeah. Or at least good enough to make another good movie. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 also hope, make good stuff. I also hope it's good enough for people who will stop talking about Spider-Man. Yeah. He's gone. <laughs> Same because much. if it's not, people are going to go, I guess DC is not as good as Marvel again. Got nothing on no way home. It happens every time. It happens every, with with both with both fan bases. Yeah. You, well, I mean, they just have the artistic talent that Zack Snyder does. They're gonna be people that say that anyways, just to piss people off. Yeah. Fuck the Snyderverse. Ben Affleck should definitely kill himself and drink himself to death to make a Batman movie. <laughs> I want Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck and George Clooney. <laughs> actually, actually, I only made it be on a tangent, but from what I'm seeing, they're doing Batman Beyond, but it's the Batgirl movie. Yeah, because Michael Keaton's in that movie as as Batman. Which that that uh, freaking suit looks awful. Like, like no one's talking about the fact that Batgirl's probably Batman Beyond. Like, like no one's putting two and two to, uh, together. It's like, huh? Michael Keaton's because that was what because that and that was weird thing too is that they were saying that the Batgirl movie was going to reveal who the definitive Bruce Wayne is in this going forward. It's Michael Keaton because <laughs> at this point he'll do whatever for a paycheck. <laughs> at, at this point, DC doesn't know what they're doing. So might as well have three Batman going at once. Yep. Anyway, that's our thoughts on the Planet of the Apes series. I would ask what our definitive ranks are, but I think we already know them. Um, mine's two one. Mine's Dawn, Rise, War. Same. And obviously, I mean, this is is yours probably Rise, Dawn, War. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I kind of flip floppy between Rise and and Dawn, but for the sake of well, like the last time I watched it, I did have Rise above, so I will put Rise first. Okay, so those those are all definitive choices. I'm we're hopeful for what comes next. I mean, I can't, I can't argue with you putting Rise above Dawn too nice. much. Oh, no, that that that's a totally fair fair take. If you put War first, I kind of question. <laughs> but then we got Rise first is a fair take. But those are our takes. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll we'll, we'll We'll wrap it up now for, after talking about monkeys. At least, at least we weren't signing at each other and doing the monkey talk. <laughs> like they were in the movie, which is unintentionally really funny at times. But we want to hear what you think about the Planet of movies. I know a lot of people don't like them as much as we do. I've, I've seen the, these thoughts. If you're one of them, let us know. If you love them, let us know. We want to hear from you. 
in uh, in the comments. Otherwise, if you like what you heard, like, subscribe. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on all places to get podcasts. And of course, go on social media and let us know what you think. And follow us for all updates on future episodes. Uh, so, thank you for, so for Alex and Justin, I'm David Yannis. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Idiot Plot. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to Idiot Plot. You can find us on Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to get a notification every time we drop a new episode. Also, follow us on Facebook and Letterboxd. The links are in the description.